for the first time in history, there was not a single opposition, like an entire CAA history. Oh my gosh. Not a single person opposed in the neutral on the Senate or the assembly side. And it was just unanimous votes. Welcome to the Awakened Anesthetist podcast, the first podcast to highlight the CAA experience. I'm your host, Mary Jean, and I've been a certified anesthesiologist assistant for close to two decades. Throughout my journey and struggles, I've searched for guidance that includes my unique perspective as a CAA. At one of my lowest points, I decided to turn my passion for storytelling and my belief that the CAA profession is uniquely able to create a life by design into a podcast. If you are a practicing CAA, current AA student, or someone who hopes to be one, I encourage you to stick around and experience the power of being in a community filled with voices who sound like yours, sharing experiences you never believed possible. I know you will find yourself here at the Awakened Anesthetist Podcast. Welcome in. Hello, Awakened Anesthetist community. This is your host, Mary Jean, and welcome to our process interview series and to the season three premiere. I'm really excited and proud to bring this latest process episode to you because we are sharing and celebrating the hard-fought legislative triumph of three CAAs, who you're about to meet, and their work in shaping their own life by design, but also empowering the wider CAA community. I knew it was the story meant to lead this third season of the Awakenesses podcast, so let's start this interview, like all things medical, with a quick timeout. Today, you're going to be meeting three CAAs, Stephanie, Jada, and Joey, as they work to pass the CAA bill in Nevada called AB270. Stephanie is a practicing CAA. She graduated from the Case Western Reserve DC program in 2021. And as you'll hear from her, while she was studying for finals, she actually fell in or jumped into this Nevada legislative effort. At the ripe old age of 23, Stephanie started the Nevada Academy of Anesthesiologist Assistance, which she is then and now still the president. And she really got the ball rolling on this last effort to pass the CAA bill in 2023. You're also going to meet Jada, who was a active AA student during the time of the Nevada legislative effort. She just graduated UMKC's MSA program this spring of 2023, and she's currently practicing full-time in Kansas City. Jada is a member of the Nevada National Guard, and you'll hear how her two lives really commingled and created a super powerful story that she was able to share on the legislative floor that really made an impact. Finally, you're going to meet Joey, who graduated from the Nova Southeastern Tampa location in 2017. He also currently practices full-time in Florida, where he works on a week of nights and then gets to have the next week off. He just turned 30, and he's actually been involved with the Nevada legislative effort since he was in college. So before he even started AA school, he kind of got roped into going to one of the first hearings and then really followed this bill as it tried and failed several times before it was successful in 2023. Hearing all three of these CAA stories really paints the picture that this cannot be done alone. And throughout this episode, Joey, Jada, and Stephanie each give credit to each other, as well as several other CAAs and anesthesiologists who really worked tirelessly, not only in 2023, but also in the years prior where the bill did not pass, to finally get to 2023 and the passing of Nevada CAA Bill AB270. This episode is so expansive to anyone who's wanting to bring CAAs into their home state where we currently can't practice or any young CAAs who feel like they're too early in their career to make a difference. Joey, Jada, and Stephanie all did this at the beginning of their career and in Joey's case, even before he began AA school. So I want you to hear me loud and clear. If you look to your right and to your left, and no one is doing the big hard thing you think needs to be done, it very likely means that you're the person to do it. 
I can't wait any longer. Let's jump into this episode and welcome Joey, Jada, and Stephanie to the Awakened Anestis podcast. Woo! Thank you. Thank you guys so much for being here. I have never had this many people on an episode, and I want our listeners to get to know you as individuals and as CAAs and as this group of people that really um, did a lot of hard work for our profession. And we're going to get into all of that. But first, I wanted to start off with just kind of going around and hearing how you heard about the CAA profession first, and then maybe a little bit about why you care about this Nevada CAA bill. So, Joey, let's start with you. How did you first hear about the CAA profession? So in early or late 2014, early 2015, I started shadowing in preparations for applying to med school. And um, I shadowed a few doctors up in Reno. I went to the uh, University of Nevada, Reno. And upon shadowing the anesthesiologist that I was following, a lot of them said, well, have you heard about this AA program? And I had had no idea what it was. So me, you know, having no knowledge of it whatsoever, went home, literally just Googled it and started reading about it and thought, you know, less less years earlier into the profession. Um, I still get to do anesthesia. I still get to do all the fun parts, but I could potentially be a lot younger coming out into the profession. So that's when I applied and flew down. I got an interview at Nova in Tampa and uh, went to interview and During my interview, they said, hey, you're from Nevada. You know, if you're from Nevada, would you have any interest in speaking at a possible legislative session? And I had done some public speaking about organ donation in the past because I had a liver transplant when I was younger. Hmm. And so that kind of all tied into it. And they said, yeah, we'd love to have you come out and speak. This is, you know, after I got accepted into the program. And so the first time I ended up at the legislative process was actually as a student in 2015. Wow. And when did you graduate CAA school? Uh, 2017. 2017. So basically a first-year student or at your interview, they're like, you know what we need you to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so your interest in the bill was because you knew you wanted to come home and work, that you wanted to work back in Nevada? Yeah. So that was the one main thing for me. The one negative side to being an AA was that we couldn't practice in all 50 states. And it wasn't that I necessarily wanted to, you know, be born in Nevada and die in Nevada, but I do love having the the opportunity to go back to Nevada because my family's there, and uh, so that was kind of what I was fighting for is to have that option to see where you know where life takes me and and uh, potentially end up there one day again. Hmm. And I just thought of this question: Where are you working now? What state are you in now? So uh, right after I graduated, I started working in Melbourne Beach, Florida. And worked for an awesome group over there for five years. Uh, started doing cardiac anesthesia over there for about three to four years. And then I eventually wanted to also teach. And there's no schools over there. So that's kind of what led me to moving over to Tampa, which is where I currently work at uh, St. Joseph's Hospital in Tampa. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks, Joey. Of course. Jada, how about you next? Where or how did you first hear about the CA profession? Well, it's quite a funny story, actually, because I heard of it from Stephanie. Um, (laughs) We literally had every class in undergraduate together. We had the same degree. And so we sat next to each other all the time, every day in class. And she kept going to these interviews. And I, at the time, was applying to med school. And so I was like, no, sounds like nice what you're doing. But like, you know, I'm going to med school. I've already invested so much money in it. Um, and then long story short, basically I was like, wait, what is it that you do again? And ended up down the AA route and all because of Stephanie. It's actually, so for me, especially cause when you grow up, you hear about like nurses, you hear about PAs, you hear about all these other medical professions. But for me, it was very much a fine line because I was already on a path to become, you know, a doctor. That's what I really wanted to do. And then just me reaching out to Steph and because she knew somebody who knew somebody, it was like a very fine line for me to get into this profession. And so I always tell Stephanie, thank you. Like, I'm so grateful for her. And yeah, so that's how I ended up knowing about the profession. Stephanie. (laughs) Thank you, Stephanie. And you brought Jada too. And I know Jada because she went to UMKC. 
So yes. I still, I'm stealing your thunder, but tell us when you yeah. graduated from UMKC. So I am a new graduate and I graduated this year from UMKC. Um, and I currently work here at a hospital close by, um, Liberty Hospital. And yeah. Very good. And do you have hopes of going back to Nevada or why, why was the bill important to you? You know, for me, that's kind of a tough question because I do feel that same with Joey. You know, it's like, I'm not going to stick, be born in Nevada, die in Nevada, um, especially because the college out there, UNLV, we always like joke around. We say it's you never leave Vegas. And, and so I was always like, I'm not going to be that person. Like, I'm going to go and branch out. And so I've actually just kind of fell in love with the Kansas City vibe. Um, so I'm not sure if it's a place that I'll revisit. But honestly, the importance of the bill was just to be able to have that option. I think we live in a society now of like nomads. And so we mm. just want to be able to like, if we want, we want to go back home. You know, mm -hmm. we never know what the circumstances may be with our families. Um, you know, our parents and our friends are still there. So who knows if something happens to them and we need to go. I just wanted to be able to have the option. And then I also feel that kind of just having the story and the ties to Nevada, um, it was like the perfect timing, the perfect like chess pieces that were put together that why wouldn't I use my story? Even if I don't want to go back to Nevada, I feel mm -hmm. like my story, you know, had such a strong tie. I could use that to help open up the profession for other people and so that other people can know about the profession. So it was more so like a long-term vision type of thing, mm -hmm. not just like, oh, I'm going to go back to Nevada for myself, but hey, I want other people to experience Nevada, let other people know about the AA profession. And so maybe people who do go into med the medical programs or any type of arena, they don't have to have the fine line that I had, you know, with Stephanie, they're like, oh yeah, there's this option, this option and an AA. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So good, Jada. Uh, Miss Stephanie, round us out. Same question. So I guess to start off, yes, I was born and raised in Reno, Nevada. Um, I originally heard about the profession through one of um, our close family friends, she went to Case DC and I went to coffee with her and she told me all about the program and everything and really loved DC and said it was a great move from Reno across the country to explore a new area. So I kind of had it in the back of my mind. And then I was also fortunate enough to shadow my brother-in-law, who's an anesthesiologist in Reno. And at the time, I first shadowed him when I was in high school, and um, Nova had some rotations there, so I had been exposed to some of the SAAs that were rotating in Reno, and so I just, I was fortunate enough to learn about it early on in high school, so I just kept it in the back of my mind and um, took some of the prereqs in college. I didn't really know for sure if that's what I was going to do, but I continued to shadow and really fell in love with it. So, And where are you now? Where are you practicing in the world? So um, after I graduated from Case DC in May of 2019, I worked for a year in New Albany, Indiana. So I worked there for a year. And then after that, I moved to Denver, Colorado. So I've been practicing here for almost about a year now. In 2021, I began using a neural manifestation technique called to be magnetic. I had been working as a CAA, a certified anesthesiologist assistant, for over a decade, and I felt relatively happy, but just naggingly unfulfilled. I needed clarity on what my next steps in life should be. To be magnetic's neural manifestation process has given me exactly that clarity. TBM, as they call themselves, uses neuroscience, epigenetics, psychology, and the power of neuroplasticity to bring your life into alignment with your unique purpose. While some other manifestation programs out there are selling you millions and mansions, TBM promises to bring you back to your whole, worthy, authentic self, and from that space, you build the life uniquely meant for you. This work won't resonate with everyone, but I believe CAAs are in a unique position to find clarity and fulfillment using the tools offered in To Be Magnetic's Pathway membership. 
If you're curious about how TBM can bring you more clarity with upcoming big decisions or questions, check out the links in the show notes. They offer a free clarity workshop that I've linked, and it's a great place to start to see if the TBM method resonates with you. And if you feel ready to dive into all the workshops, challenges, and daily practices offered by To Be Magnetic, you can sign up for their Pathway membership using my exclusive code, all caps, AAPODCAST15, for 15% off your yearly or monthly Pathway membership. I use TBM's Pathway every day to feel more connected with myself and to receive clarity on all things career, love, money, parenting, and my next right steps. Use all caps AA Podcast 15 to receive the best deal offered by TBM and get started building your life by design rather than default whenever you're ready. Happy manifesting. And since you are the president of the Nevada Academy of Anesthesiologist Assistants, I would love to have you start us at the ending, actually. And tell us exactly what happened on June 9th of 2023 and maybe where you were and what it felt like. Well, yes, we definitely have some very exciting news. Um, The governor of Nevada signed AB 270, which provides for the licensure and regulation of certified anesthesiologist assistants into law officially on June 9th, 2023. So we're very excited and obviously why we're here today to talk about it. And where were you when you got that news? Like, do you know beforehand or you were like called at 5 p.m. and you had no idea that was the day? (laughs) Well, actually, our bill sponsor um, didn't actually tell us the news or she didn't hear about it until officially the following day. And so I actually was on call that Saturday. I was on a call shift here in Denver and I had a student with me that day and I had, we were rolling our patient to PACU and I received a text from our lobbyist that said the governor just signed it. And oh my gosh. So I looked at my student as we were rolling and he was well aware of what was going on because we had talked about it quite a bit. Um, in the OR just over the multiple days I had worked with him and I looked at him and just said he signed it and he knew exactly what I was talking about and I think he could tell my eyes definitely like started to water but I you know kept my cool I had to give my report to the PACU nurse and like (laughs) stay professional and hold it in for a little bit longer but then after that happened I um, you know, finished my report and instantly blasted it out to all of our Nevada AAA members that were so important in this whole process. And so everyone was so excited. And I remember one of our other um, people, Rachel Matsumura, who was working closely with us on this, FaceTime me. And we definitely have screenshots of us like ugly crying on the phone and <laughs> in my scrubs, like in the oh. corner of the PACU. But um, so it was pretty exciting, but it was, I had to get back to work, unfortunately, but still remember that moment forever. You tell your student, take the wheel. It's all <laughs> yeah. you. Well, I got to have a moment. Uh, <laughs> awesome. I got like a contact high from hearing you say that. It's just really, it's really cool. I'm, I'm sure after all that work, just to hear that it paid off and I just can't wait to hear the details. So can I just do like a little very like legislative session for dummies? Yes. And please call it that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so this is a little legislative session for dummies because I, you know, the little yellow book, that's what I needed when I first started this because, but I was like, my AP Gov teacher would be very, um, you know, very upset with me that I don't remember anything. Wow. I don't actually, I don't even think I did AP Gov to be honest. (laughs) That's that's impressive. (laughs) So yes, legislative session for dummies. So Let's say, okay, we have our bill. We, we think that this bill is going to be beneficial for Nevada. As a common person, you can't just go there and introduce a bill yourself. You have to have a legislator um, introduce your bill for you, and they will act as your bill sponsor. And so just like we have at the federal level, we have a state-level um government. And so it's made up of the Senate side and the assembly side. In some states, they call it the House. So assembly, aka House. So you can have either a senator or an assembly man or woman um, introduce your bill for you. And it doesn't matter which 
side you start on, but our specific bill sponsor who our lobbyist handpicked, who they thought would be the most, give us the most successful shot at passing this thing was an assembly woman. So our bill started on the assembly side. So first your bill has to go through an assembly committee hearing. So basically it's just a small chunk of the whole assembly. And so they are this small committee that's focused, it's called the Assembly Committee on Commerce and Labor. So that's where our bill was assigned. So then basically this committee hears all the details about the bill. And that's when we go testify um, and present all the facts, all the data, why we think this is good for Nevada. And then if they like it, they'll give it a due pass and then it will go to the entire assembly. So then the entire assembly will vote on it and that's called the assembly floor. And there's no public testimony at that. So it's just the legislators, they vote on it. And if it passes the assembly floor, then it will move on to the Senate side. So then it goes to the total other side. So then we had to go fly back and do the same thing and present our testimony to the Senate Committee on Commerce and Labor, mm. and which was a small chunk of the um, whole Senate. And then they liked it, so they gave it a due pass. And then it finally went to the Senate floor, which was the entire Senate. And then they voted yes, which was probably also one of the most exciting things because then once it passes the Senate floor, you're fairly in the clear. All you have to do, I guess I shouldn't say fairly in the clear, but once it passes the Senate floor, it just has to go to the governor for signing. So that was the last step. So um, there's always a bunch of added little tiny steps if there's amendments and whatnot, but that's a brief overview. Um, Thank you. Uh, Mr. Parrish, Joey, you were involved with the bill before Stephanie was, actually. And as you uh, had already shared, as a student, you went to Nevada and testified. Do you mind filling us in on the background of this bill? Help us understand it. Yeah, so a few, few key players in this whole scenario um, that we obviously could not have done this without uh, Dr. Jerry Matsumura being the MVP of all of this. He's actually Rachel's dad. And he has gone to battle for us actually since 2011. Wow. And so um, up to 2015, obviously, I had no idea what was going on because in 2011, I was a senior in high school. <laughs> no idea what you. the AA profession was. But uh, 2015, I was graduating college and I had been accepted into the AA program. And before even starting the AA school is March 2nd was when we were at the legislative meeting speaking. We didn't start school until May. So I was still a senior in college speaking at this legislative meeting for the AA profession. And basically, they were using my take on it to say, hey, I'm a native Nevadan. I'd love to come back and work in my home state. Um, you know, we, we go through all this schooling in Nevada. And normally, you know, people would like to keep all of that education that was paid for in Nevada. And mm. um, so that was that was kind of my input on that side of it. And I had no idea what I was walking into in 2015. So I, bet not. I, thought, I thought it was just going to be this friendly meeting and, you know, this is my story and this is why I want to come work in Nevada. And I was quickly, quickly uh, put to the fire, I guess you would say in the, the legislative meeting. And, you know, we get up and testify first and we say, this is our license. This is, you know, what we want to do for, the state of Nevada, and I didn't realize the amount of opposition that was going to be there. And it's just, it gets your blood boiling when you hear people talk so badly about your profession and, you know, you've spent all this time in school and now I'm going into this AA program and to hear it just get battered in this legislative meeting saying, Mm. you know, we're uneducated, we're not fit to do anesthesia, this and that. I had no idea any of that was coming. So, it was a, a harsh shock to me at first uh, in 2015, for sure. Were you on a stage test? Like, can you paint the picture a little bit of what it means to testify and where you are and who you're talking to? Yeah, so a bill will either start in the Senate or the Assembly, and you go into a Senate committee hearing or an Assembly committee hearing. And it's the smaller 
so our first in 2015 was we, we went through the Senate, I believe. And so you're speaking in front of 12 to 16 Senate committee members. And you're just at this little stage in the front talking to them with everybody else who wants to come is sitting behind you. Mm. And I just thought they were, you know, people who wanted to hear the bill. I didn't realize there was mm-hmm. a bunch of people wanting to try and stab me from the <laughs> from the <laughs> from chairs behind. behind me. Yeah. And you kind of walk away from it. And, you know, we all went to lunch after and talked about it. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of negativity. And there was also a lot of, a lot of positivity because we did have a lot of the Senate members that said, hey, I think this would be great for the state of Nevada. We have a, a health care shortage and we really need more of every type of provider. And um, so we kind of just took that and learned from it. And it actually passed through the Senate and then goes to the Senate floor. Um, then it goes to the assembly side. Mm-hmm. And that's really in 2015 where we hit the roadblock. Was uh, We had a select few assembly members that really did not want this bill to pass. And that's kind of where in 2015 this came to a screeching halt. So in 2015, you um, testify, you go back to school and actually start your schooling to become a CAA. And then walk us through, there were a couple more times that the bill was attempted and failed. Correct. So the bill never got voted down in 2015. Um, And I hope I'm not mixing up my years because this has been, you know, eight, nine years from, from the first time we started this. But I believe in 2015, we basically just didn't meet the time requirements because there was amendments getting put on the bill. And that's kind of how they were able to push the bill out. Um, and then in 2017, uh, a few other AA students joined me, and this is when we were about to graduate AA school. So I had a little bit more experience going into this one. I knew kind of what was what was going to come at us and, um, you know, all the opposition and, and hearing those types of things. So I went into this meeting now, two years later, gone through 2,500-plus hours of clinical experience, the whole didactic program, getting ready to graduate. And so I kind of used that in my testimony to say, hey, look, I started talking two years ago when I was getting into this program, and Mm. I can 100% say that AAs are safe. I just went through the entire program, and I would have no problem, you know, putting one of my family members to sleep because I feel Mm -hmm. that we are safe enough to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And 2017, this time in the um, assembly, the opposition was more focused on like personal attacks almost. Mm. Like there was a comment of one of our uh, people who were testifying was acting like a snowflake and all these horrible comments towards people who were just, you know, you're just a human. And just because you have different letters behind your name, all of a sudden you're this horrible person. And so it became, the problem for, with 2017 is it became more of a personal battle. Mm. And I think that kind of put a hurting on the bill as to it not passing. Mm-hmm. Everything about this political battle is so strategic. And who should talk, who shouldn't talk, how long it should be, what you should talk about. And there's, you know, there's so much that goes into it that you really have no idea unless you're heavily involved in one of these meetings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love um, by the end of this for myself and the listeners to walk away with that better understanding of what is that strategy, not in particular, but just to understand what it really takes to open a state, because it kind of seems like magic poof, this all happens. Um, and it certainly seems to be happening kind of more recently, or we're hearing a lot more about it. So I would love to empower the people who are listening to just know more so that we can all do more. So I'd love actually to switch to Stephanie, because you really didn't become involved with the legislative process until after kind of this all happened. Um, And so I would love to just hear how you first got involved with this Nevada bill, and then what made 2023 different than 2011 and 2015 and 2017 and in the other years. So I was actually procrastinating for my board exam in my DC apartment in February of 2021 because I was thinking to myself, like, why am I studying for this exam and for this career that I can't even do in my home state? That's where all my family lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew eventually that I really wanted to at least have the option to go home. Um, 
So it really frustrated me that that was not an option. And so um, even though I did know that that was the case before I matriculated into the program, I was like, there's got to be something that maybe I can help with. So I had received an email from the Quad A, or it was actually, I think at the time, from Richard Evans, who is the Director of State Affairs for the Quad A, and it just said something along mm-hmm. the lines of, like, if you are from a state that we don't have a state academy in or from a state that has one and you want to get involved, please reach out to us. And it kind of got me thinking, like, I really don't think there's a lot of people from Nevada that are either an SAA or a CAA or involved with the profession at all. And I know I did some research in my procrastination and <laughs> found out that there <laughs> wasn't a state academy for Nevada. So... I didn't really know what that meant or what that entailed necessarily, but I reached out to Richard and I just said like, hi, I am graduating from Case DC fairly soon. Um, Let me know if there's anything I can do to help with legislation in Nevada. And so, I don't know, maybe I was the first one to bite or something about the creation of a state academy in Nevada, but the journey or the roller coaster ride of this whole experience kind of took off from there once Richard responded to me. So I love envisioning you procrastinating, opening your quad A emails. Like I don't know how many students probably actually open a quad A email and yet you're there responding and getting a lot of stuff done. Yeah. So you kind of started doing the groundwork of, of opening the Nevada triple A, like right there, right then, or yeah, you graduated so first? I um it kind of just got me excited or a little more motivated to obvious, not that I wasn't going to finish out the program or anything, but okay, maybe let's not put that in there. (laughs) But yeah, I think after emailing Richard and just at the hope of, you know, helping or maybe seeing this Nevada legislation through, it definitely got me more excited. And I did end up passing that board exam that I procrastinated on and graduating. And Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, after those initial emails with Richard, I really didn't understand this full time job. Not really, but (laughs) it it basically turned into my hobby over the past two, two and a half years. I mean, I learned how to file with the state of Nevada as a nonprofit business um, or nonprofit business corporation. I learned how to file with the IRS as this specific tax status so that we were able to um, use the funds that we're raising towards lobbying. Um, Then after that, I learned how to open this business bank account so that we can house the funds there make a logo, draft, and launch our website um, so that people could learn about the Nevada AAA and become members to help fund our lobbyists. Um, Side note, I have such a better appreciation for websites nowadays because, like, I did not do that or have a background in advertising or websites, and it is way more difficult than it looks like. So definitely have an appreciation for that. Um, also had to figure out how to create some mediocre content for our social medias to try to (laughs) blast this out and get some support and membership or just, I mean, the key was to identify people that are from Mm. Nevada that have some sort of tie to the profession. That was one of the hardest parts. I mean, especially even if you identify someone, that doesn't always mean that they're going to be interested in helping. So Mm. I really was just trying to identify people to build my CAA or SAA Nevada army um, because strength in numbers. Were you calling people? I mean, it could have been anything from texting them, calling them, even like DMing them on Instagram, word of mouth. I remember I was at a little get together in Indiana and there was an AA that, oh, I know someone from my class that I think is from Nevada. Here's their number. So I mean, it just was slowly but surely, I just kept identifying people, um, which was really helpful. Um, And then, yeah, ultimately, the goal was to um, then interview and hire a lobbyist, which was, I mean, instrumental in passing this bill. Like, we could not have done it without a lobbyist. So the other key for us, too, I mean, we were able to raise some money on our own, but a majority of our funding came from the Quad A's 
National Legislative Fund, which has definitely grown over the years with just the growth and national membership and donations and everything. But it definitely just goes to show how important it is to continue your Quad A membership and keep donating because it directly funds lobbyists who work like literally side by side um, legislators. So was there a lobbyist in years past or was did that feel like one of the things that finally we had enough money or you guys had enough money and enough interest? Let's get the lobbyists and do one last push. Or like, what did 2023, what made that stand out? Yeah, so um, in the past with the previous attempts, the NSSA or the anesthesiologists, um, the Nevada State Society of Anesthesiologists had their own lobbyists. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was part of their agenda and they paid their lobbyists to help them try to pass the bill. But um, I definitely think the stars aligned in multiple ways for mm-hmm. us this year in 2023. It, this could not have been done without all the groundwork that was laid in years past from Rob and all the anesthesiologists and all, Joey and all the mm-hmm. other students that testified. But I think also the creation of the Nevada AAA in what was it, July of 2021, really helped to just establish some professional advocacy Mm. of CIAs in the state. And then another thing that aligned for us was there was a specific um, legislator who was a key opponent to the bill, was finally termed out. Um, A lot of the momentum from the post-COVID era emergent shortage of Mm. not just Mm -hmm. anesthesia providers, but all providers was um, really helpful. And Nevada was not immune to that. So, and then again, just the expansion of the Quad A's legislative fund to be able to um, give us money was, I mean, one of the key factors. So it was really hard for the, I mean, as you could imagine, really hard for the Quad A to, um, kind of spread out that funding. We still are a small community, so we still don't have as much money as some other professions. So they have to use it very wisely. And, you know, they want to put the money in places that's going to be the most efficient. I had to encourage them and convince them a lot at first to say, I think we have a serious shot at this. Like, I think we can do this. We're building this army. There's so much groundwork that's been laid, even though the Nevada AAA is brand new. Um, we have so many people that are born and raised there that have great connections. And I think that we can do this. Like I just, we all manifested it and I think Mm -hmm. believed in it really early on. So I think just to add to that too, the, in 2023, the big key thing was communication. Uh, Steph did a great job when she started the whole NV AAA to really get a hold of everybody. And we had all these group chats Mm -hmm. and you know, late night phone calls of, Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And just kind of strategizing our whole situation. So when we got out there, we had such a foundation to build off of in these meetings that we just, you feel more powerful when you go into the meetings, when you have all of your T's crowded, T's crowded. Yeah. You feel, you feel much more powerful when you have all of your I's dotted and your T's crossed and, and, um, you, you're going into it with such a better basis of knowledge too. And the communication was there from both a a national and a local level. Um, and then also Elaine Marzola, who was on our side, she's Steph, correct? It's, Senator Elaine Marzola, right? She's an assemblywoman. Yeah. She was our bill sponsor. Yeah. So our, our bill sponsor, Elaine Marzola was instrumental also in this bill because she went out there and she's the one who initially talks about the bill and lays it out for all the um, other committee members. And she did a phenomenal job of explaining just how short we are of providers, especially now more than ever post COVID. Mm. So there was really no, argument to be had it was you know here's the numbers here's the safety of aas here's the anesthesia care team and everybody in the assembly kind of just looked around was like okay Mm -hmm. that sounds great you know where do we sign Mm -hmm. Mm, (laughs) wow such a shift can i say something being from the 
outside and not the ground. I wasn't the groundbreaker like Joey and I wasn't the brave person like Steph, but I kind of just like stepped into my role as like Steph handed it. I was one of those people where she definitely reached out and I was like, sure, I can do this. But I will say that being somebody that wasn't a part of the legislation process until obviously things started happening, it seemed like everything was literally like just chess pieces. Like Mm -hmm. it literally just seemed to flawlessly come together. Like the right people knew the right people. And then you had the one person who was just headstrong and like dedicated and, you know, knew why they were doing what they were doing. And then it was like kind of just a rally Mm -hmm. around everybody else. And then Utah, like, you know, Steph mentioned everything that kind of came together at the right time. Utah just passed. And Mm. that was kind of like the the biggest motivator. We're like, well, what did they just do? Because Ah. they're our sister state. Like, let's figure out what they did. And there's so many states, obviously, that still need to be passed. Mm -hmm. But I'll say, and I guess for the people who want to, you know, headstrong and put put out a new state, open it up for CAAs, It just takes knowing the right amount of people. Mm. And that's what I'll just say. And it was the lobbyists knew who to contact to know who to be the bill sponsor. We knew the exact time and we knew the exact wording. Like it was just watching from the sidelines. It was crazy. This person should speak here. This is what they should say. And for the first time, nobody mentioned it, but for the first time in history, there was not a single opposition like ever an entire CAA history, not a single person opposed in the neutral on the Senate or the assembly side. And it was just unanimous votes. And oh my gosh. Crazy. Mm. So the fearless, brave leader you're speaking of is Steph, yes. not the assembly person. Okay. Correct. I just wanted to say that out loud. And to say all of this too, like Steph made it look literally flawless like there's a lot of intricacies to it but it could be literally just as flawless in any other state i promise (laughs) um those days were just such a whirlwind and just it was quite amazing and very exciting but historically in other states and in the past attempts in nevada they there's always been opposition in the committee hearings, meaning where there, there's people that come out to give public testimony and opposition and lots of it. Um, there's also in the floor votes, usually it's been split or there's some people that don't agree and some people are for it. Um, but this session was very monumental and the director of state affairs from the Quad A said that this has never happened before. But um, there was not a singular person to come up in opposition in either the Assembly Committee or the Senate Committee, and there was not a single legislator that opposed in any vote. So we got unanimous votes all around and not a single person coming up in opposition. So mic drop. Wow. (laughs) And I don't want to take the wind out of your sails, but just I want to understand, does that mean no one opposed the bill? Like there were not those people like Joey had said behind him? Correct. So no one in the public even said boo about it? Correct. Wow. That does seem odd. Yes. (laughs) I had this whole speech written out about this is what you're going to hear from the opposition and this is why it's wrong. And this is, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like, if you want your blood pressure to raise, grab a nice glass of red wine and maybe a beta blocker and go watch those last <laughs> two sessions. So I went into this like guns blazing, like nobody's stopping us, this and that. Yeah. And that. then it was just, so they'll, they'll call for you know positive testimony and then they call for neutral and then people in opposition or they call for uh, people in opposition and then neutral, I believe is how it works. And they called for opposition and you know, I'm, elbowing Steph and Rachel. I'm like, all right, here it comes. You know, don't throw anything. Be, be cool. <laughs> My heart's pounding. And, yeah. And then it's just crickets. <laughs> and that was the first time that in my mind, and I'm pretty sure everybody else is like, holy cow, like this is going to work this year. And that was yeah. our first, first test, uh, testimony that we gave. And, you know, I think all of us had chills walking out of there. Like we got this. Yeah. I'll never forget when, Assemblywoman Howdegay was like, okay, and I see no opposition here in Carson. What about in Las Vegas? And she's like, oh, and I see no opposition in Vegas. Like, really? And we all looked at each other. Cry. Like, 
<laughs> I thought we were being punked. I'm not even kidding. We set the precedent. Wow. That is that I I we could have a whole nother episode on like what the difference is, or as you said, the chess pieces aligned and the stars aligned. Or maybe the groundwork. Maybe it was just like you stamped out the opposition through the groundwork. There's so I wish we could know exactly. I think a big issue or a big reason that we didn't have as much opposition this time. There's several several smaller pieces, but there is such a shortage of healthcare providers nationwide right now, especially after COVID. I had heard some numbers of, you know, there was several thousand, let's say 10,000 anesthesiologists that retired and only a thousand that graduated from med school. Oh and those aren't the exact numbers, but it was some drastic shift like that over the last couple of years. And so there's all of these hospitals you hear time and time again, oh, we had to cancel a mm-hmm. surgery because we didn't have anesthesia or we didn't have whatever staff. So there was almost no ground to stand Mm. on to say that we don't need these providers, which is in the years past, that was a big argument. And so I I think number one, that was probably our biggest, you know, our best Mm. attribute that we had going for us in this session. And interestingly, COVID shone a light on a shortage that was already there. Correct. But yeah, interesting. So rally the troops. Now's the time for all of their seats because it's the same amount of shortage. Yes hear us loud and clear and i think if anything are no opposition and unanimous votes should be total motivation for people who are trying to um use this momentum in other states yeah going going forward i think it's important um in these meetings to also mention that and say you know say uh say washington goes up next year arizona um, one of these states that they're actively trying to get it passed in to point out hey look you know, in 2021 or 2022, this bill passed in Utah. And then in 2023, it was voted unanimously through hundreds of votes. Not one person said no to this. And to be able to use that as a a framework to build on these other states is going to be a huge impact, I think. Oh my gosh. Yes, totally. I just got all excited. Um, Jada, in that vein, (laughs) that was funny. I would love to shed some light as a real person and a real AA student. I just, Jade, I would love for you to shed some light on what it actually is like logistically to do the hard work that this does entail and also go to school. Um, And just, you know, how did you juggle all of this? Give us some insight on how others could do that. Yeah, I think the theme of this entire podcast would be then the stars have aligned (laughs) because I was in my second year. um, And then the real heavy voting and testimony part kind of came third year when I was already, you know, graduated, uh, the already took my boards mm. at that time. Um, but really Stephanie, she, she laid out all of the, you know, the hard work stuff. She just told me, Hey, this is what you need to do. This is, you know, just write out your testimony. This is when we're going to try and do it. And no joke, every time it was very much last minute flights. Wow. We had to like fly out like Stephanie, like the day of like literally had to, just found out that we're going to testify the next day. And so she got on the flight that night. She was like, can you make it? And I literally, I think I was whatever. Every time she called me, I was either on a break or there was a time where I was already flying out there because I was in the national guard too. And so, and still am. And so I had to fly to Vegas every weekend um, or one weekend out mm-hmm. of every month already. And so she kind of just caught me no wow. joke every time when I was either flying out there or um, I had the time off to be able to say like, Hey, I can totally go and do this. And as far as like, so I don't recommend if, you know, somebody's really trying to start a, a quad a for their state as a student, I think there's just make sure, you know, you study, you do good so that mm-hmm. you can be the best provider and hold up the profession well. And then, you know, as soon as you graduate, you know, try and take that task on because I couldn't imagine what it would have been like with mm-hmm. the guard testifying and trying to be the Nevada Quad 8 president. But um, just being the best support person I could, again, in my role, I kind of just stepped in. I was like, okay, hey, th- what can I do? This is what I can do. I can share my story. Anybody can share their story because that's mm-hmm. so easy. On the plane, I think I was writing the testimony that day. And then I was sending it to Steph because it really is just your story. And legislators, believe it or not, but 
they're only there for that session. And so they're mm-hmm. normal people. And so they don't even know about what anesthesia sure. is half the time. They're lawyers mm-hmm. or they're real estate people. And so they genuinely connect with people who are just mm-hmm. regular people sharing their mm-hmm. story. Yeah. I was just going to add to it. Um, I think just like I said, I did not do this alone. And there was such a huge army of people that, again, laid groundwork and were so helpful in our little family, in our little group chat. We were, I was like, I know you guys don't know each other, but you're going (laughs) to because you guys, we all have something in common. We're all involved with this profession and we all have a tie to Nevada and we need to unite. And so having these SAAs or CAAs go sit in front of legislators was, I think, one of the key differences that in past attempts that they didn't have as much. They had some students that were going, but having working AAs in other states that want to come home and help with this extreme shortage was Mm. so key for us. And just to add on to Jada's story, like, I mean, I remember I got the chills with everyone's testimony, but I remember Jada... When we were in college, she was in ROTC and she was doing all of her stuff and she's been in the Nevada Guard. And so she, even through her entire AA school, would pay for flights out of her own pocket to fly back to Vegas to do her Nevada Guard commitment. And just having her testify about that was so huge. And everyone's story, like Joey with his history and his transplant and everything, like we're like, we are real mm-hmm. people. We brought our parents, mm-hmm. like our parents are sitting behind us. Like, please, I want my kids to come home. Like, so I think that was a huge game changer to have actual people. And th- I think that's something for people listening to this from other states. Like if you have any sort of tie to a state that we can't work in right now, contact somebody because we can use your story and use that momentum. Mm, Such wise words. Jada, I'd love to hear just a little bit more about that testimony. And I think it's really empowering to tell possibly um, overworked CAAs or um, overwhelmed SAAs that like you can have a really big impact by sharing your story. And yes, there's some logistics. How the heck are you going to get that day off and fly down to wherever you got to fly to? But let's say you have a fearless leader, also named Steph, who gets you there and you can do it. And then what do you do once you get there? And you're saying you just share yourself. Do you mind telling us a little bit about your testimony and like how it was received, what it felt like to do it and why you think it mattered? Yeah, for me, I'm just little old me. And then I didn't really realize the testimony and how much it impacted everybody because, again, I, it's mm-hmm. just me, you know, I don't step outside of myself and realize like, oh, your story is powerful um, until everybody started coming up to me or they're like, oh, my God, like I was crying during oh, wow. this or like this was just uh, it was just a, a lot of positive mm-hmm. feedback. Um, but as far as my testimony, um, I really just again, like Joey, we had it was very strategic. We were told kind of some things that we can help or, you know, like implement for the legislators because you want to, you only had two minutes to talk up there, but also you kind of wanted to spread the knowledge and information throughout people to be strategic. Like, okay, somebody didn't say this and somebody needs to say this. So you're kind of like vouching for the profession in each testimony. And so they had us kind of just focus on the truth, the who we are, the truth to our story, the emotional side of it. And so for me, again, because I was in Nevada using money out of my own pocket each month, um, it was a, it was very powerful because I can't even come back to my state, but I'm that Mm -hmm. dedicated enough to come back to my state each month to not only serve my community, but your children your family members. And the only thing that people could say or oppose is they, they always thought that we weren't safe or we weren't competent and really just using that to speak my truth of saying, Hey, I lead your children into battle. You know, I do X, Y, and Z, but you feel that I'm not competent enough to go through a educated Mm -hmm. program to, Um, all of my background, which was important too, just telling people where you came from, because I'm not the only one that, you know, had this 
humongous story. There was people that are respiratory therapists that become CAAs, people who are physical therapists, people who, yeah, you know, this is their second career. They've been paramedics or yeah. nurses. And um, so just using that and saying like, hey, you know, I came from a very educated background. Um, I'm still coming to the state. And it was just a big hitter. And they really were like, wow, she spends because and then I put some dollar signs in there, too, because people love facts, you know, Mm. and when I actually did the math, I was like, okay, let me just do a rough estimate because I didn't want to oversay how much, you know, this state of Nevada truly paid. But it was I can't remember. It was probably like seventy five thousand that they paid towards my schooling and undergraduate and just saying that if you can't allow CAAs to work in this state, you're basically saying that you mm-hmm. paid all this money for somebody else to leave your state. Bam, Jada. Dang. That did. Yes. My job. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I can see how this worked out. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. I do wonder if, is there anyone working behind the scenes to be like, what did they do? Like, what did she say? How do we duplicate that? That seems like a wise move. Yeah. I think um, everybody learns from every state that opens. Mm. So, you know, it started with Georgia and Florida and the Carolinas and, and these videos are widely public that you can go watch oh, these good. testimonies. And, and like I said, go watch the, the ones where it was an absolute war zone <laughs> and then watch the one from 2023 and, and people who are trying to open up other states, just learn from those videos. And like, we learned so much from Utah and, and Stuart who was opening up Utah that was just telling us, Hey, you don't want to do this and maybe take a page out of this playbook. And there's, there's a lot that you can learn that's already widely out there. Yeah. To add on what Joey said, I think that's so important is like, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like, so that's what people kept telling me. I'm like, they're like, there's so many resources out there. You just have to find them and you just have to ask people that have been through it. So I leaned on Stuart and um, Mike from Utah so much and they gave us such great tips. Um, they were like, you should make an Excel sheet of all your um, Nevada AAA members that have family and friends that currently live in Nevada because those people are constituents and they're key mm. to the process. So they were saying in Utah that, you know, let's say they needed a specific legislator's vote. Well, oh, not Jada, but Jada's mom lives in their district and technically the legislator has to listen to their constituents. And so just identifying people with connections to the state again is so key and just um, using the quad a so much to your advantage. They have different um, little documents that give a step-by-step on how do you create a state academy or oh, this is some sample legislation from other states, or oh, you do have a question about this. I mean, even if one specific person doesn't have the answer, we all kind of nationally, just people from all over the country, emails, like, what do you think about this? What do you think we should change about this? So it was a huge team effort. That's one of the things I'm passionate about, is like, it is as simple as showing your humanness, your humanity to -hmm. other people, and everyone doing a little bit. And I and I also want to recognize that there do have to be some heavy lifters. There have to be some people that really dedicate a lot of their time and energy to kind of get the ball rolling and to be the leaders. And so if anyone is feeling called or like, gee, I really want to practice in my home state or I really want to open this state for whatever reason, like, don't look to your right or your left. It may be you. You are the person who can take those first few steps. Um, yeah, and I just really hope that Hearing the, you know, reality of three people doing this in Nevada so successfully while also hearing some of the background empowers others to do the same. I would love to just briefly hear what it looks like now in terms of are you able to go back to Nevada? What are your plans? Like what are your future plans? We can just maybe go around and um, talk a little bit about that. Uh, Stephanie, you want to go first? Um, So now that the bill has passed and technically has an effective date of January 1st of 2024, um, the hard work is by no means over. So we're currently still working with our lobbyists and the NSSA, but we're now focused um, 
on working with the medical boards on our regulations and the creation of our license application mm. and that whole process, as well as now working with anesthesia groups and just a variety of facilities to start those conversations and to start educating them on CAAs and how to incorporate them. Um, there's still so much that has, needs to happen in regards to facilities changing their bylaws to include us, to establish malpractice for us, credentialing us, and so much more. So we are keeping our lobbyists on staff and still um, employing them. So it's more as important as before is to just continue to donate to the Quad A and become a member of the Nevada AAA if anyone's listening and hasn't mm -hmm. yet. So I know all states need help always, yeah. but, um, and it's probably getting tiring listening to all these people asking for money, but it obviously as Nevada was proof, it definitely goes, goes to good, to good use. Yeah. And so you have no plans, you know, you're working to actually work in <laughs> Nevada, you're still working right. in Denver and for the foreseeable future are going to stay in Denver. Yes. Okay. So as of right now, I'm planning on staying in Denver until um, it really is more promising and we get those for sure, um, you know, get that license in my back pocket and things start to really sound promising. So my, my plan is to definitely move back at some point to Reno, but I just don't know exactly sure when yet. Mm -hmm. um, Jada, what about you? Um, for me, I'm still riding this emotional high of graduating and, uh, sure. I, you know, obviously have my contract and so I'm obligated to Kansas city, but, um, I do definitely just still love the option. And so, um, mm -hmm. I can't say for sure it's, we'll have to see that bridge when it gets there, but for now I'm just mm -hmm. enjoying it here. Good. Good, Jada. Joey, fill us in. Does this change anything for you? Are you involved in this, like, getting the license or getting the, what's the word, accreditation after um, you're licensed? No, so I'm I'm not really involved in anything past the, the legislative effort. We got it passed, and then I'll let everybody take the wheel and do all the legal <laughs> aspects of things because I'm, I'm honestly, like, one of the least political people you ever meet, even though we do, <laughs> we do all these politics for our profession. But... Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of legwork that has to go into the legal side of things with licensure and accreditation and all that. But um, as far as for me, what it looks like, my whole family is in Nevada. Um, my, my parents are actually here right now with me in Tampa, Florida. And the first thing they say when they walk in is, "Oh, we just because we just moved into a new house." Is, "Oh, we love the new house. We can't wait till you sell it and move back to, to Las Vegas <laughs> or Reno." Um, but you know, I have a, an amazing setup here. I got a new baby on the way due in October. Yeah. So awesome. It's going to be, Yay, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how it all plays out, you know, and I definitely in the future would probably like to end up on the West coast. Mm -hmm. That being said, the job that I have here and the people that I work with, it would be, it's going to be very, very hard to leave if I do, because I have such a good setup here. Mm. Um, I currently work a night shift, so I'm I actually work one oh. week on and one week off. Very nice. So gives me lots of time to, you know, I would say go on vacation, but I end up just picking up extra shifts on my week off anyways. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it gives me a lot more freedom to, you know, teach in the future here coming up and, and things like that. And I want to get involved in the educational side of things. So who knows mm. if, if we can get a school opened up out there, maybe that will be more of a, a leading factor in my decision of staying or going. But as of right now, I, I think uh, we all have we all work for great groups and haven't really heard of many bad groups out there. But I mean, somehow Steph managed to get like every day off possible. To oh yeah, I'm flying back to Vegas. I'm like, how do you just jump on a plane? Like yes, you don't. <laughs> are, are you calling out sick? What are you doing over here? <laughs> yeah, one thing I did, I I was very fortunate with my group here in Denver. It's a very large corporate group, so there is quite a lot of bodies that mix and match all over town so it's a lot more flexible than my last job was in indiana and not to mention only a non-stop flight so i had a little bit yeah. of an easier time than some other people yeah 
But that's a, such a logistical concern. Like, how do you get out of the OR with a healthcare shortage? So just, yeah, it, it's just so interesting to see the bird's eye view of your journey as an outsider and just to really see how it was meant to be these people at this moment um, passing the Nevada licensure. So I just really congratulate you all. And I appreciate you taking time out of your evenings to speak with me and to share your story. I absolutely know people are going to be impacted by it. It's going to make a difference. I'm just sharing this personal knowledge. This is what our profession needs. And so I'm just really grateful that you guys are here and willing. So yeah, just a, a true congrats and thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much and for having us. If if anybody ever has any questions, um, I don't know if we can link our contact information or what. Totally. But I'm sure all of us, you know, I think I can speak for everybody that literally any questions, whether it's how to get into school or what can I do here, what can I do to help with the legislative process, the AAs are such a small, tight-knit community that you just just reach out to one of us and we're all willing to help and and you know i know i think i've had seven friends now from nevada actually go through the aa program because they found oh out my about gosh said, oh that sounds awesome and most of them work in florida now but uh, who knows, <laughs> maybe we'll all be back in nevada one day wow well isn't that yeah that's what this is all about for sure um, okay, well, I'll be sure to put all of your information in the show notes, and then I'll link, of course, the Nevada AAA and ways to join or donate. Um, yeah, awesome. Thank you. All Thank right, you. thanks, Thank guys. Thank you very much for having us. Having us. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that first process episode of season three. I am so excited to be here doing this. This is my third year creating the Awakened Anestis podcast, and I just have some really big plans for us this year. Uh, I've got a new website coming out. I've got awesome process episodes already recorded and a bunch more on the calendar to be recorded. I've got a live interview at the Quad A and just so many more things that I'm excited to be bringing to the CAA community because we need to be hearing stories and getting content that's really directed to us and made specifically for us. And I'm just really excited to be part of that movement. So if you want to support the show, there are two really easy and free things you can do that really make a big difference. The first is to subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me right now. That gives me some really good behind-the-scenes analytics of what you guys are liking and where you're listening and how you're listening, just like some podcast business stuff. And if you leave a review on the podcast platform you're listening to, specifically if you're on Apple or Spotify, which most people are, They've made it really easy to leave reviews, and it's just really nice if you're a new listener who's maybe stumbled upon the Awakened Anestis podcast and don't know that it's for CAAs or what we really talk about or who this is really for. Those reviews are super helpful, and again, in like the podcast business industry, the more reviews and ratings you have, the more the platforms will push your podcast out to other like-minded listeners, and obviously, that's what we want. So, Two free and easy things, subscribe and leave a rating and review. I really appreciate it. Again, I'm so passionate about sharing CAA stories, and I would do it even if you don't subscribe and leave a review, but I just know that the more of us together, the stronger we're going to be, and I can't wait to move forward with all of you. All right, talk soon.